is Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show where we try to help you as an IT service provider, managed service provider, solo tech, artistic, boutique, whatever you do in IT services, we try to help you do it better, smarter, and faster. This is our regular Wednesday live show, and I have a guest that we'll be talking to about how to say thanks to your clients properly. Lori Seitz from zenrabbit.com is here. Lori, how are you? Oh, I muted myself during your <laughs> Not <intro>. ready. <laughs> I'm doing well. All right. Um, this should be good. I think I had a lot of people uh, make comments before the show about how they uh, say thank you to their clients. So it'll be interesting to see what you can tell us on, I don't know, what we're all doing wrong or whatever. And uh, like to say thank you for those of you that are watching live. Yeah. Quick shout out to Mr. Eric Anthony in the chat. IT boutique for the win. Yes, it is. That is my favorite form, at least right now. Uh, let's see here. Let's get a little bit of news out of the way. So just a couple of hours ago, I had a story pop up that said top VPN services can be tricked into leaking traffic outside your network. Now, a lot of people have been asking, should we do, we be using VPNs on our networks? And of course, for us as IT service providers, when it comes to remote access, we always say yes or something similar like a true grid. But a lot of end users have been asking about their home. Well, this isn't about that. This is about two vulnerabilities found in a popular business VPN solution that could allow hackers to divert traffic outside a VPN tunnel, among other things. And this is two vulnerabilities found affecting Cisco routers. And I won't mention these CVE numbers because they're annoying. I'll have the link in the show notes. But they basically are uh, collectively titled Tunnel Crack, and they affect the Cisco Secure Client AnyConnect VPN. And uh, basically, they leak VPN traffic by abusing router tables, and I'll let you read the rest there. So just some breaking news for you on the IT Business Podcast. Pay attention to those VPNs, and by all means, do not allow your RDP to run naked. Uh, let's see. In other news, I did get a press release from PAX8. They are continually doing and shaking things up in the industry. The latest is that they have promoted Craig Donovan to chief experience officer, and he has been with PAX8 for a while, but this apparently, uh, let's see, this is a new position. Uh, let's see, Donovan has been recognized for his pivotal role in fostering a strategic partner-centered approach Notably, the design of professional services automation, integration for Pax8 Cloud Marketplace, and he helped develop the company's professional services program. And lastly, his vision led to the successful launch of Pax8 Academy, which I know a lot of you love and uh, use inside of Pax8. And uh, yes, this is a newly created position that will align with evolving needs of the business. In the role, Donovan will lead the company's new experience team that will focus on enhancing experience with partners, vendors, and customers. And he will continue to report to our favorite Pax8 person, not named Rob Ray, Hetty, Mr. Nick Hetty, Chief Commerce Officer. So that is the news that is happening there. Got that out of the way. Laura, are you good so far? I am good. <laughs> okay. I should probably go ahead and do a formal introduction of you for people that uh, are, are not regulars of the show. I go outside of the box a lot of times and bring in speakers of which you are one of those. Uh, somebody that, uh, I don't want to say outside of the box completely. I'm outside of the industry. You're outside of the industry for sure. And I should probably give a little warning. I should have had it at the beginning saying that there might be some cursing on this show. Uh, we usually don't have cursing because we don't allow for 
craziness to happen, at least not since 2019. I can control myself. (laughs) But Lori is a fellow podcaster, and she has a podcast that I have started listening to over the last couple of months. That uh, it's a pretty good podcast, by the way. I shall say that. It is called Fine is a Four-Letter Word. And basically, the premise is, (laughs) fuck being fine. (laughs) See, now you started it. (laughs) I I, want to lay it out there because that essentially (laughs) is probably the quickest synopsis of that show, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, Lori, I guess... uh, We'll have to figure this out because there is an echo being heard going off air when you speak. Hmm. Well, the joys of life. This is very annoying. John, let me know if it's really, really bad. Nobody else has. I don't know if it's just because you're on the Facebook. Uh, people on the LinkedIn have not said a word and don't know about the YouTube yeah, I don't. I mean, I I can hear it myself. So, oh man, I don't know. We'll figure something out. Maybe it won't come through in the recording. Yeah, we'll see. Because <laughs> I, I mean, don't, I could always leave and come back. You want to do that? If you're open yeah, to it, go ahead and do that. And I'll be right uh, back. I'll move on to BRB. something else. Yep, BRB. While she does that, let me go ahead and. Uh, get one Florida man story out of the way so that you guys don't ask about it later. Uh, it was listed on my Facebook page. And I believe, Mr. John Reed, this was aimed at your side of the state. Um, Florida man accused of attacking nurse, stripping, and flooding an emergency room. And I have to open up the link here because I was not prepared to do this ahead of time. And Mr. Eric Anthony, thanks for letting me know that it's on LinkedIn as well. But this story, let me go to the full article here. A man in southwest Florida has been charged with flooding a hospital's emergency room after attacking a nurse, stripping off his clothes. The 53-year-old became agitated while waiting in the waiting room of, what is it, uh, North Collier Hospital in Naples, Florida on Saturday, according to a report from the Collier County Sheriff's Office. He barged into the emergency room, pushed a patient, and then pushed a nurse in the head. After the hospital staff got him into a room in an effort to keep him from disturbing other patients, he took off his clothes, pulled out a high-pressure water pipe from the wall, And uh, he was subdued using a taser by deputies. Of course, he threatened them. He was taken into custody and is facing a single charge of aggravated battery and four charges of criminal mischief. So that is it. All right. Uh, Lori is back. Let's bring her in. Lori, talk a little bit and see how we're doing. It's not better. Not better? Mm. (sighs) Ah. We can continue. I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we'll see how long our listeners can hold on, and I'll try to clean it up in editing, which I normally don't do, so I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'll, I'll, that just means I have to do most of the talking, and you'll have to give short answers. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> that doesn't really work, though, does it? Yeah. Um. Well, so as I was saying earlier, we met because you're a fellow podcaster. You have this uh, fine as a four-letter word. Uh, Basically, it's about, you know, we have gone for very long periods of time in this world with people just being allowed to say, hey, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's good. When it really isn't. So describe to us how your podcast helps us get past that. I think people find reach a point in life where they're like, I can't stand just living in fine. Things have to be, there has to be something else. There has to be something more. And so that's when they just say, fuck being fine. Hmm. Now, 
I'm assuming you started this podcast. Well, I, I know because we've talked about it before, but for, for our listeners, uh, the reason that you started the podcast was why? Two reasons. One was to help people feel like they're not alone, like they're not the only one who feels this way. And second, to help them realize that there's nothing wrong with them. Like this is normal. It's your soul crying out for growth. Okay. And you've done now 103 episodes and Yeah, well, 100 episodes and then now we're running summer sessions, so they're repeats of past episodes. All right. And I think it's a good show. Yeah, basically it's really aimed at the personal spirit, spirit right? Mm-hmm. And it's basically keeping us fine. But you do a lot of coaching that ends up in the business circles, which is why I've asked you to be on the show here tonight. Right. I have 30 plus years of marketing background and I love doing strategy with people and helping people figure out, like get clarity. Mm. I, I ask the questions. They have the answers inside of them. I just ask questions to help them clarify and get it out. Yeah. So this is going to be a first. I have more people complaining about the echo. So it must be bad. I, I'll be honest, I don't hear it. But let's do this. Uh, do you have something else you can change? Maybe take out the headphones or something? Yeah, let's see. And see if you've, you're, because you've got the mic there. And let's see if your headbuds are also recording there. Are those the are those the Apple earbuds? No. No. Hang on, let's see. I don't think that's the No, it's still echoing. So I don't think it's the headphones. Let me see what happens if so, I uh, Well, I was thinking about the double microphones, maybe if there's if there's microphones in those headsets. No, these don't actually have it. Okay. And now I just changed the mic to your webcam. Mm-hmm. And it's still echoing. Can you disable them in your sound properties in the bottom right by the taskbar? The bottom right by the taskbar. Yes. What? Let's see. What am I disabling? So if you. See, not an IT tech person. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. And here are my horrible skills of dealing with a residential client. So if you were to uh, right-click in uh, your your speaker bar in the bottom left there, bottom right, right-click it and go to sounds. And then you'll see under recording, you'll have all your microphone sources there. And if you could just disable everything except the microphone. And, and no, Mr. Reed, I no longer use Splashtop. You know, they. so the story about Splashtop is they told me they were going to give me six months to try out their platform. I was going to promote them on the show. And then the Mr. Windsor left and they ripped the six-month trial. So I ripped them from the show. So that's uh, that's what happened there. And I don't have my take control set up here on this computer. Did you find everything there, Lori, and disable stuff? Under, when you right-click on Get Sounds, you have playback, recording, and then you right-click and disable everything. I've got output, input. Output, input. (laughs) More sound settings. I know this is so annoying for everyone who's listening. Yeah, it'll be fun. And what'll be great is if I don't edit this, people are going to be tuning in and going, what? It's happening. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I could set up a team viewer and connect and we can do that. That would be riveting. (laughs) Yes. Do I even have team viewer set up on here? I do not. As a... Can you, you still hear yourself? Yes. Of course.
Let's see here. Let me do... Uh, and the whatever the noise is, the little hum, hissing is getting louder. Hmm. I will say, <laughs> this is a first. Of course. <laughs> we were fine the other day. We were. All right, so there's nothing else he can disable. I don't see anything else to disable. Mono audio. Does that help? Nope, doesn't help. Well, that's going to be your. So if you go in and into your settings, what do you have set for your microphone in there? I changed it back to the USB. Okay. And your speaker? Um, it's on the... You know what? Let me try something else. But I don't think it's the speakers. In, okay. I disable okay, everything. See. Nope, it's still not. These These headphones do not have speaker in them. You mean a microphone? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Whatever you switch to, it sounds like you do have two mics active, so there should be a way for you to disable one of them, the, whichever one you're not using. So if it's your webcam, can you disable that? It, the, there can only be one. Do you hear me? Do you hear an echo now? I don't hear the echo. Do you hear the echo? No. Listeners in the chat, if you're still there, Giles, John. Anthony, Paul, do we hear an echo? They left because it was too annoying. (laughs) (laughs) And I wouldn't blame them. All right. I think I don't hear it anymore. You don't think you hear it anymore? I do not. All right. We're getting reports. No echo. All right. All right. So... Don't know what that was about. I plugged the headphone the headphones into the computer directly. Oh. And out of the microphone. That may have been it. But I All right. Well, there you go. And not folks, my usual setup, but here we are. All right. <laughs> and that's that, how people. you do tech support. <laughs> <laughs> Try a bunch of stuff, see what works. <laughs> yeah, and see that ticket were resolved in less than five minutes. <laughs> Please call us again, or don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> All right. So we were uh, talking about your podcast and yes. uh, talking right. about. So the, the, right. The whole purpose of the whole the podcast <laughs> is to help people understand that they, they're they not alone and there's nothing wrong with them. And I, and I, see, you're not alone. There's nothing wrong with you. And everybody stayed, I think. Everybody's still here. You sound better. Thank you. Um, because See? yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this, this whole topic. Okay. It's really important. So let's go back to, well, let's do this. Let's, let's center ourselves. Yes. And be thankful like to do a breathing exercise. and be thankful that we are, we are here. Nobody oh. died. Life can go on. And let's talk about, so I mentioned the podcast, your company Zen Rabbit. Let's tell the listeners all about how Zen Rabbit got started, and that'll get us back on path. Okay. Yeah. Zen Rabbit has actually been around for a very long time and is in its third or depends how you count iteration. But when it started, when I started the company, it was Zen Rabbit Baking Company, and I was making and marketing a product called the Gratitude Cookie. It was based on a family recipe, kind of a cross between a butter and a sugar cookie, and it was positioned to be a gift item, like a something that companies could give to their clients or people who sent them referrals as a way to say thank you. Now, was this something that was along the lines of, what was that lady's name, Mrs. Something's Cookie? It was a big old cookie you could buy, and it was like the size of a cake. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't like that. Okay. <laughs> they were they were three and a half, three inch round cookies, very plain looking, 
but amazingly delicious. And the, the packaging was customized okay. with, with like your logo and your message to a client. And oh. then it was wrapped. It was like a Chinese takeout box, the, the really cool ones. And then it was wrapped with uh, ribbon that would be in your corporate colors. Okay. So what was it that got you that idea to do that as a way to say thank you for, for businesses? Well, you know, I had, I wasn't working and I was looking for something to do. I was looking either to get a job or start a business. And you were a baker, obviously. For, for fun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I mean, cause, because, all right. So every time I would make these cookies at the holidays or anytime people would say, oh my gosh, these are so good. You should sell them. It's like every food entrepreneur's story. Right. And it was never my goal to be the next Mrs. Fields. And I don't think that's who you're talking about, but. It wasn't that it wasn't my goal to just be like somebody who sells cookies on, you know, on a platter or whatever at a and start a, a cookie store. Um, because I have this background in marketing, I thought, well, what else can I do with this? How can I differentiate myself in a crowded marketplace? And that's when I came up with the idea of making it something, you know, something for businesses to use as a marketing tool, really. All right. And Obviously, since this is the third iteration of Zen Rabbit, um, how long did you do that first yeah, iteration? So I, ran, I ran that business for 11 years okay. and completely into the ground. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> <laughs> I ran it for 11 years. I couldn't quite scale it the way I would have liked to. And I ended up shutting it down because it was just frustrating. And because I kept saying, well, if I just do this one thing, everything will change. And if I just do this one other thing, everything will change. And it didn't. And it finally just became um, it, it, like the, it wasn't worth it to keep it going. Okay. I was, now, incurring, I was you, incurring a lot of debt and it just. Okay. Just this is about it. the time that you usually stop for everybody else. So I'm going to ask you in terms of scale, what is it? that you wanted it to do, what was that ceiling that you hit? Was it just that, was it you doing it all by yourself? You couldn't hire staff or you did hire staff and ran into some other issues? What, what was it? It was a combination of things. So I did outsource the baking. I okay. had what I call the baking partner, but it was a, a commercial bakery that was making the cookies for me. I had leased equipment to help automate the whole thing that was in their facility uh, but it was a very labor intensive. These cookies were very labor intensive to make, even with the automation. And so that was one thing. Secondly was shipping a food product that does it, no preservatives. They would stay good for a few months, but still shipping a food product. Uh, there's a lot involved, a lot of logistics and dealing with FedEx and USPS, which were my primary shippers, things would be lost. They couldn't tell me where they were. People would say they were, they hadn't been delivered, even though they had somebody in their office had signed for it, but then they can't find it. Like all kinds of things like this. I just people, got to them and I was people like, probably ate them and didn't tell anybody. Right. Exactly. It just, um, and not being able to, uh, and I had an issue with somebody who was doing the packaging for me that uh, she turned out to be not trustworthy Mm. and packages weren't getting delivered. So the reason they weren't getting delivered to the end user was because they never got delivered to FedEx, even though she told me she had, and she had tracking numbers for them, but you know, they didn't track anywhere because she didn't actually ship them. All of these things contributed to. Was she double dipping? Did you find out if she was like printing labels and then taking them home and. Selling them on the I'm side. Sure. I've never really figured out what exactly happened. Oh, I had to track that down. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, that combination of things. And, um, and so, yeah, it made it difficult to, to go out and get more clients confidently. Right. To know that, the, that their orders would be delivered or that they would be, you know, fulfilled the way they were supposed to. All right. So it's <laughs> So I didn't intend for our conversation to go this way, but it sounds like you hit something, you know, in the beginning with, you know, being able to find a way to thank clients. Businesses were probably, you know, loving the fact that, you know, cookies at that time were probably a new idea. 
You know, it wasn't just send them pizza or drop off donuts in them, you know, or yeah. send them, you know, fruit baskets or stuff like that. So tonight we're talking about, you know, ways to properly thank your clients. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you just abandoned that concept when the idea of, you know, helping businesses, you know, show gratitude, maybe there would have been a way to find another product to do that or something else. Was that a consideration or? Yeah, I actually did have other products in my stable of things that I would help people send. Okay. So I I had money trees and bamboo arrangements. I had, uh, like I, I started expanding out into a whole bunch of other ideas and then that kind of took me away from the main focus, mm. you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if that was helpful or, or not, um, to have that expansion, but I had journals and, um, I had some referral partners like people. And so when I closed down the business, I sent a lot of my clients to other people who had products that I really liked, like caramels or uh, barbecue sauce. Interesting. Yeah. So as we go into tonight's show, does that give you like goosebumps and stuff thinking about those days and, you know, how to pivot now and tell us, you know, hey, here's how you should thank your clients properly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I look back and I think, well, if I had done some things differently, like if I, you know, like everybody, if I knew what then, what I know now, it would have been totally different and that's okay. I learned a lot. I was also talking a lot. I was doing a lot of speaking on the, you know, how to use gratitude, gratitude as a differentiating factor in your business. And that piece is something I still talk about. And that's what, you know, we can talk about that tonight too. But, um, I mean, use it, it is a differentiating factor because well, so many businesses don't say thank you to their clients. Well, well let's start there because uh, I started a series, I think I started a series on treating customers right. Mm-hmm. And it's something that our industry, we get so focused on the processes and how to do things more efficiently and how to not allow the customer to, you know, scope creep, you know, adding things onto a job description and things of that nature. And, you know, we made the joke earlier, the guys were talking about the boutique style. You know, I consider myself a boutique service provider. I'm not like a lot of the others where I'm not trying to get as many clients as possible and scale. Uh, I give my customers some pretty, you know, solid personal attention. And that has gone well for me where a lot of my clients have stayed 15, 20 years. And, you know, when I refer them, or when I, when I refer them, when I present things to them, to do recommendations and stuff, most of the time they don't question. They're like, we trust you. We appreciate the way that you've taken care of us. But what has always been a struggle for me is finding unique ways to thank them for their loyalty. And I've done things, you know, where I've, you know, given customized mugs and, you know, I'll do the pizza parties and I'll try to find something you know, that's unique to the client Mm -hmm. to do, but I don't have a big budget set aside like uh, some of the larger companies may. And it's, it's something I know that needs to be done. And I haven't like put down the reasons why it should be done outside of knowing that, you know, thanking them is going to keep them loyal. It's just going to show them that, you know, it's not just a transaction and stuff. So can you give us a little bit more of an idea of why it's a good idea to not just thank them, but to thank them in a very engaging and proper and sincere way? Yeah, two reasons. One is it's good manners. Like, did your mom teach you how to write thank you notes after the holidays or your birthday? Yes, mine did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't it's good manners okay. to say thank you and to not 
assume that they know you appreciate their business. Cause I've had this conversation many times with people who were like, well, of course they know I appreciate them. They're there. I do what they pay me to do. And, and okay, but let's take it a step beyond that and let them know. Like if you never said, you know, if you never, if you were in a relationship with somebody and you never said how much you appreciate them or if you know, you love them or like whatever, that relationship is going to go south pretty quickly because they feel taken advantage of, even though, you know, you might be doing what you said you were going to do. So, okay. So good manners. Secondly, though, the law of reciprocity. Are you familiar with this law? Yes, I am. Okay. So because of the law of reciprocity, they will stay with you longer because you have done something kind and nice for them. I agree. Yeah. So, um, so I, I was just thinking about an incident. I had a client who, who was, uh, he had a newsletter. People would subscribe to his newsletter and the average lifetime value. I can't remember now anymore, but it was something like two years and then people would drop off. So he would send them a thank you at about five months before their normal drop off time. And send them a box of cookies to say, hey, thanks for being a loyal subscriber. And he increased his like the lifetime value of a client by another six months by doing that. Hmm. So well, that's something good. So a newsletter, I guess, is something that's easily trackable yeah. um, in our business, in our industry. I guess if we lose clients at the time of a contract renewal or after a major project, that's trackable for right. us. But there's a lot of times we don't get, you know, a sense of uh, being able to track that. So how, how can we track those things if we don't have a measurement? Well, how would you, I mean, don't you have every, is everybody not on a contract? Well, my people are. Okay. But some, <laughs> so, some, well, but here's the thing. Some people may break a contract, which yeah. that happens a lot in our industry where customers will just leave and they will risk you coming after them for the balance of the contract if that's something that's written. Yeah. Or most of the time, the IT provider is like, you know what? It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, this customer is a thousand bucks a month. It's going to cost me five grand to go. You know, it's, it's, so I think what happens in our industry is that's a risk we take. But yeah. in terms of what I was, I guess, trying to ask is what are ways that we can keep tabs? on our customers before that happens? Yeah. Well, one way is to ask them if they're, you know, how's it going? Are you happy with the service? And what can I do differently or what can I improve? What would you like to see that you're not seeing from us? Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, getting a good handle on like what's the pulse of the client. If you feel like they're in, Another way to do things is to regularly say thank you to them. Um, but again, it, determining how often and how much to spend, because you referenced that earlier, it depends on the lifetime value of a client. So somebody who has a, a higher lifetime value, you might want to spend a little bit more on them. And somebody who isn't that valuable and wouldn't matter all that much if they walked away. I mean, you know, there are A-list clients, there are B-list clients, and there are C-list clients, right? Yeah. So the A-list clients, you want to do everything you can to make sure that they're happy and they're staying. The B-list clients, you de- you want to keep them but and do whatever, um, you know, but maybe they get something um, less elaborate as a thank you. And the sealess clients, you should be pruning them. They're not worth keeping. Like they're probably more hassle than they're worth. So there's no no harm in letting them go so you can make room for more A and B list clients. Right. <laughs> so I was trying to bring up um you saw me on the screen yeah. over here. One of the things that happened before the show is we had some people comment on what they do to say thank you to clients and one of the persons one of the people mentioned that they actually will do the equivalent of one month's contract or renewal or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. as what they budget for, you know, how they show appreciation to their client. 
for some that that's a pretty hefty percentage. You're giving away an entire month's, you know, revenue to say thank yeah. you. Does that sound like a good ratio? It's really up to each individual business owner. How much is that client? Again, how much is that client worth to you? Is that client, um, you know, has that client been with you for 10 years or do you anticipate that they'll be with you for long term? Then maybe it's worth spending that much. But honestly, it is is not about how much you're spending. It's about the fact that you're saying thank you at all. And for somebody who's just starting out, let's say, and doesn't have a budget to spend a lot on gifts, send a handwritten thank you note. I don't care how bad your handwriting is. Like get somebody who has good handwriting to write it for you or something. But the point is that it does not have to be expensive. You can make a really big impression by doing anything. Maybe send a book like, hey, I found, you know, I, this, is, this was an interest, a business book. I read this book. I thought it was really great. Uh, you might appreciate it as well. Something it doesn't have to be expensive or extravagant, and in fact, you might not want it to be too extravagant because then the client feels like, "Wow, if you have the, all the money to spend on um, a gift like this, maybe I'm paying you too much." Well, that's the other side of it, especially for you know, for those of us that are just considered the IT guy, you know, mm-hmm. to come back and give them something. So now I've done, and I'll ask you what some of your, you know, most thoughtful, memorable out of the box thinking gifts have been. So for some of my clients, I've invited them out for a round of golf and paid for them. Um, especially if it was a tournament, then they, you know, mm-hmm. felt special. I'm like, Hey, I need, I need somebody to help me in this tournament. And, you know, if it's a tournament where it's a nice course, you know, that they're like, Oh, I don't get to play here. How do you get to play here? <laughs> Stuff yes. like that. Uh, that's been something that I've I've done for clients. Now, what yeah. I I'll tell you where I'm at here before you go, because I had a client just recently at the end of last year pay for me and the wife to go on a cruise with them. That is not something I can reciprocate for that client because <laughs> they. they they don't provide me with that much um, to be able to do something like that. But that was interesting that they did that uh, for us. So Right. So the client took you yes. as the provider on because did you have you have like some personal relationship with them? Well, I mean, they've been a client for a while. I mean, they've uh-huh. been a client. I think when I looked theirs up, they were 17 years. And mm-hmm. now they have probably in the last, I'd say, 18 months – their spend with us has doubled. They've had to do some cybersecurity stuff. And even though we've been pressing them on it, this is coming from their clients saying, hey, if you want to keep doing business with us, you need to show us that you're doing. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like they are like, hey, you know, we're thinking about this. It's no, we need to do this. Can you do it? And we're like, yeah, we can. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, but it is unusual that a client would invite a vendor. I mean, I think it's unusual. Maybe it's not in your industry, but uh, I don't know. Maybe usually some, it's the other way around. Yeah. We'll see if any listeners uh, or anybody in the chat uh, has had a client uh, give them something like, uh, now this was, a, I'm going to say it's a three-day cruise. It wasn't like a, you know, a week-long yeah. cruise. Still. This was... You know, yeah. from Fort Lauderdale, we went from Miami to the Bahamas and back. So, uh-huh. not huge. Yeah. But still, I mean, yeah. it's that's nice that you get to spend time, like personal time, getting to know the client on a different level. Yeah. Which also builds, I mean, th- this is all about building relationships. That's what it comes down to. It's not so much about giving gifts and and making people feel like they're indebted to you. That's not what we're doing here. It all comes back to building stronger relationships. All right. So saying yeah. thank you. And so, you know, I was, I had here, you know, what are things that we can do that are different than the usual suggestions? You know, the handwritten notes, uh, the yeah. coffee mugs, the teach, you know, those things were, in my opinion, that's stuff that everybody does. Everybody tries to do a, you know, a holiday, you know, hey, I'll buy your office lunch, you know, for yeah. Christmas or something like that. What, right. are, what are some so, other things we can do? I think we all have enough mugs in our cabinets. <laughs> so 
no more mugs. All right. No more mugs. Uh, and not sending stuff at the holidays because everybody sends stuff at the holidays and nobody remembers who sent what. So you don't stand out. So this is, again, it's about building relationships and it's about being memorable. So can you send stuff at other times of the year? And I know a lot of people in all kinds of industries have have heard the message of don't send the stuff at the December holidays. So they batch it up and now they send it at Thanksgiving. Now everybody's sending at Thanksgiving. But what if you sent in February for Valentine's Day and just said, we love having you as a client? Or you sent in May is National Barbecue Month and you sent a gift that was like, you know, barbecue sauce and and grill mitts or something. I don't know. I'm just like, but again, it's going to be a lot more memorable because nobody else is sending stuff in May or um, let me see. I just was pulling up um, what is happening in August. Like August is kind of a slow month, right? But there's um, it's back to school month. Right. There's a website that I always used called Brownie Locks. Oh. Like Goldilocks, but brownielocks.com. And it's got um, all kinds of crazy holidays and um, like months. Yeah. So August, for example, yes, it's back to school month. It's um, golf month. So there you go. go. If you know your client like is into golf, you could do something. Uh, golf related. And I love your idea of taking people for experiences because that's just, um, it's just nice, you know, get out of the office and, and it helps you also then again, build the relationship with them by spending time with them. Cause again, people don't need more stuff necessarily, which is why I always liked things that could be consumed. Right. And yeah, not collecting dust. Oh, it's National Crayon Collection Month, National Dog Month. Um, and then there are also weeks. So uh, National Button Week. Oh, that was last week. Uh, let's see. What's this week? Um, oh, it's at, oh, yeah, it's got the weekly. Thing. I was going through all these. Yeah, you got to scroll down and you get to the weeks. Yeah, and I got to um, this. Yeah, apparently it's Fiddler's Week. I don't know what that means. Stop on Red Week. Is that not like every day? You <laughs> Down here stopping. it is. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, National Exercise with Your Child Week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy things. And then you get into the daily holidays. And, um, and today yeah. is... What's today's the, today's today the is nine. Book Lover's Day. Book Lover's Day. All right. See, this is why you could send somebody a book and say, hey, I really enjoyed this book. I thought you would too. And International Coworking Day. Book. Yeah. S'mores Day is tomorrow. Get ready. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, so we had uh, Diana Giles uh, wrote, I sent heart-shaped toffee to some clients last February instead of doing something for everyone at Christmas. I love that. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Get creative and be memorable. All right. So brownielocks.com, a great uh, website there. I'm going to obviously have that in the link, and it's just how it sounds. Brownie, like the thing you do with the thing you eat. Yes. And locks, brownielocks.com. So interesting. All right. Uh, moon phases. Okay. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> now you've gone down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, I mean, you can plan ahead. You can, you know, come up with a ton of cre- creative ideas that, that I was going to back up and say too. Um, I love the experiences. I love food products, but being aware of, again, like everybody has their, their, um, their requirements. So like when we were talking about gratitude cookies, they were not gluten-free and I would get asked that all the time. Well, do you have gluten-free? Do you have sugar-free version? I don't. So if your person is gluten needs to be gluten-free or sugar-free, then that's not going to be the best gift for them. But so that was always a thing when, when I did do the pizza parties, you know, calling ahead to get somebody to tell you, you know, if you're doing it for an office of 10 or 20, 
you know, mm-hmm. finding out what is it that the people in that office like? Do you have to have X number that are vegetarian only? Um, how many just cheese, you know, that sort of thing. So right. it could be tough to try to find out some of these things if you're trying to get personalized in your giving. Yeah, exactly. Which is why sometimes, you know, I go back to the plant thing. That's why I was doing bamboo arrangements and, and money trees because nobody's allergic. Nobody has sensitivities. The, that's a great gift that is suitable for a lot of different, a lot of different um, situations. All right. So in talking to some of these business owners and stuff, have you compiled a list of some of the best things you've heard that have been given? No, I haven't compiled a list, but I do like, I'll go back to the, the plants. I love the plants idea because but plants um, sound so plain though, right? Why? I don't know. A, a money tree, a money tree. Do you have a money tree? Okay. What, what are you, you, are you doing a little Miyagi thing with dollar right bills now. hanging? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, no. There's uh, actually a, a plant. Okay, what's a money tree? It's called a money tree. Okay. And, um, and it doesn't require a whole lot of sunlight, which is – so if you're in an office that doesn't necessarily get – I mean, it doesn't need darkness, but um, but they typically do well in a lot of different environments. Are you pulling up what a money tree looks like? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and again, it's – it's kind of a bamboo arrangement, but it's got leaves in a, a different kind of leaves. Well, I need to see if it actually will survive down here in Florida. You know, we have, you know, triple, triple digit heat down here right now. Well, you, it, you don't keep it outside. It's not a, it's not a tree. It's like a plant in a pot. It's not a giant tree. Outside well, look at tree. this right out of the box. Money trees are one of the easiest house plants you can grow. Yeah. Well, it says that and mine is over here struggling, but <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, no. So that's a great gift. Um, things that can help people be creative. I do love the book idea because I'm really big on literacy and 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 continuous learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that some people would rather listen to you know an audio book. But again, you could give a subscription to Audible or right. something. Um, what other gifts? I had car- uh, caramels. There's a company that I have no association with other than I had met the founder at one point. It's called Good Caramel. Like K-A, like Karma, K-A-R-M-A-L. Um, they do, and they do customized messages on the inside of their, they can do. Okay. So that's a cool company. Uh, I mean, yeah, brownies. I love, I do still love food. But one of the things I will say to definitely to stay away from unless you really know the client well, and that is alcohol. Like unless yeah. you know that they're like really into drinking a specific kind of wine and they would appreciate that, you never know like who's recover, who's in recovery, who's just, you know, doesn't drink. Like you don't want to be offensive or like for religious reasons, whatever, they don't. I, I think we're in an industry where we would know if our clients drink. <laughs> Everybody in your industry drinks. Yeah, I know most, that. But. Yeah. As, <laughs> as uh, I don't, you probably can't see it. There's a bourbon bottle up there. There's another yeah. one over there. Yeah. So. I know. I have, like I've told you, I have friends who uh, have who work in your industry. So I know you need the alcohol, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I just think that it, it's wise to stay away from things that could be offensive. Right. So I, I wrote down something here, and I didn't get a chance to talk with you beforehand, but this thing called appreciation marketing. Yes. Um, and I, all I wrote was the value of doing something nice. But it seems to be there is this new movement where you had mentioned doing things at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. But yeah. from what I gather now, there's this concept that even as you're doing marketing, even in the prospecting stage, you are in the the mindset of giving thanks to them every step of the way, from the time that they accept, you know, your bid to onboarding, you're giving them a thank you something at that point, you know, at a six month mark, a year mark. So is that is that something you I know you had mentioned that, you know, you should be thanking clients often. But is, mm-hmm. is there, do you know of anything that is actually a scheduled, 
I don't like the fact that it's called marketing. I guess that's what I, I that's why I stuck it in there. Uh, well, Cause I don't want to yeah, feel I like mean, it's a scheduled thing. I was using the term appreciation marketing back in like 2005 and, and it wasn't really a search term. People didn't use it, but that's what I was talking about. That's what you're doing. It is marketing because you are putting yourself in, you're reminding them that you exist and you're putting yourself in front of them as a way to say thank you, as a way to differentiate yourself. It is part of marketing. It should be part of your your marketing strategy. So uh, whether you are, I mean, you should be all, you always be marketing. Always be that. marketing. <laughs> <laughs> But, but marketing is, again, it's about building that relationship. It's not necessarily like, hey, here's something with my logo on it. Here's something with my logo on it. Remember me? Remember me? But it is being in front of them so that they don't forget who you are. Yeah. I think you're, you have less of a, an issue around that than a lot of people because people are going to call you when they need you. They yeah, I mean, you, if you they know where to find you. Yeah, I mean, we we've got our logo on their freaking taskbar, the you know help desk thing, yeah. uh, and which is why when I changed, because in the beginning my mugs all had my logo on them. So this last round of mugs that I've done, I actually got the company's logos, and the, I did the last batch. I did the very last batch. I've I've done a couple of different iterations, but the last batch was their company logo with a little picture that they used. And then I took the partners of the firm and put their names on the mug so that uh-huh. each person got a personalized mug for their company from me. But it doesn't yeah. have my company name, doesn't have Uncle Marv anywhere. And, you know, I, I think that's where people go wrong is in handing out promotional items are not uh, are not, are not gifts. Like they're not, they're not gratitude. They're not showing gratitude necessarily. That is truly marketing. Um, so handing people, you know, giving people t-shirts with your logo or mugs with your logo, that is really marketing, but it's not a gift. Like think about if somebody gave you this, a, a gift of, that was all about them. Like, gee, thanks. What am I going to do with this? Like, right. Yeah. I'm not out wearing t-shirts. My gym was, when they first opened, they were handing out t-shirts with their logo on it. And, you know, a thing that said founding member. I'm not going to wear it. I buy new, When I buy a car, I make them take off everything that has the car dealership's lo- logo or name on it, unless they want to pay me to market their business. And so promotional items are different than appreciation gifts. <laughs> there you yeah. go. That's right. <laughs> I got it up there for everybody. I'm and, actually and you gonna... know what else is not a gift? A, there have been studies done on this. Gift cards. We're going to have a gift cards have an are not here. gifts. People, yes. Okay. Now I, I don't, have... I don't do, I've never, well, let me rephrase that. I give them out on the show. <laughs> Just, but they're like Amazon gift cards and stuff that people will use or whatever. But I don't, I don't give gift cards to clients. I don't even give them out as like. Well, let me re, let me step back. The wife does. <laughs> she goes out, and I get gift cards. I get a lot of gift cards because people don't know what to get me, so they'll give me gift cards and stuff. But I don't do that as part of my business, or I don't do that as something where I don't go look for gift cards to give people. Yeah. So now continue Good. with your, your, Good on you your thoughts. Because you might as well just hand them some cash. Okay. It's, it's easy and there's not a lot of necessarily thought behind it, it, especially when you're talking about clients and you're again, trying to build a relationship. There's a book called, uh, predictably irrational by Dan Ariely. And uh, it's several years old, but he did a study in there. And in it, he talks about market norms versus social norms. And when we're talking about giving gifts and showing appreciation, that's a social norm. You wouldn't go to somebody's house for dinner and eat dinner there and stand up at the end of dinner and go, hey, Uncle Marv, how much do I owe you for the meal? Like, 
that's weird. You would bring flowers or dessert or, you know, something as a gift right? because you're in a social situation. On the other hand, you wouldn't go to your um, landlord and say, hey, instead of paying rent, can I give you some flowers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a market norm. That's a tra- that's a financial transaction. And gift cards fall in there kind of um, as a financial transaction. Hmm. All right. That's why I put that up there on the screen. If you're listening to the audio, we've got it going across the screen. Promotional items are not gifts. Right. And and it could be argued that gift cards are not gift cards. Although I love them just as much as anybody else, but it also restricts people. Then like now you're giving them like, Oh, you have to go to Starbucks to redeem this, or you have to go to Amazon. Now you're telling them what they have to do. Okay. But if some, if you know somebody love, 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 loves Starbucks and they go every morning, here's a $50 Starbucks card. That'll last you what? Two visits? I don't know. It's not like that. Right. No, again, it comes back to knowing your person. But if you don't know them all that well, a gift will be received better than money. All right. Because the gift is in that social realm versus the financial transaction. All right. I get get into it with people all the time. We were about it's ready okay. to get Everyone into it has here. Their own vision, version of or vision for what that is. Yeah. You know, whether it's okay or not. All right. I do have some more stuff here, but I want to get a couple of things out of the way. We we had to do some tech support stuff early, so I know that we may have some people that are going to bug out. So let me get a couple of things here. Are you willing to hang out and stay here? Yeah, after? I'm here. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't want to end the broadcast. Not yet. Let me get the stuff up here. We're going to do this. And for those of you that are here, oh, no, we are experiencing difficulty. Help oh, that, that one. Uh, let me do some thank yous to the people that sponsor this show. And I first want to start with our show is presented by NetAlly, a company that provides network testing and analysis solutions. They offer handheld networking tools that help technicians validate network connectivity in less than 10 seconds, as well as solutions for planning, deployment, and ongoing network troubleshooting. If you saw the beginning of the show, the CyberScope, their latest tool, oh, and I should have brought some stuff here. I got today my official FedEx tracking. It is on the way. So I will have that next week, and we'll be doing a future show about that. So uh, NetAlly, a company founded by engineers who are passionate about innovation and motivated to create the best test equipment possible, NetAlly.com. And our live show, the person who told us to do some tech support on here, uh, Computers Done Right, a full-service IT provider offering managed IT services and consulting in Venice, Florida, uh, this week's home of Florida Man. Uh, They provide proactive monitoring, network management, data backup and recovery, cybersecurity, and website services. They support a wide range of hardware solutions. Whether you have existing hardware or need new equipment, Computers Done Right can work with what you have and provide the necessary support. Find them at computersdoneright.com or email them at info at computersdoneright.com. And our last sponsor, Instant House Call, is a remote support software designed for small businesses. It allows customers to start a tech support session by downloading a small app or clicking an icon in their desktop, making it easy to connect remotely and securely. It's also got a lot of those other tools that you're so familiar with, including cross-platform compatibility with both PC and Mac, full UAC compatibility, unattended remote access, file sharing. They also have something you may not have in your other tools, SMS notifications, so that you can get alerts from customers when they are trying to reach you, and customizable branding. They offer a 15-day risk-free trial, no credit card needed. Find them over at instanthousecall.com. 
All right. And... Lori, are you ready for Florida I Man? Am. What was that? It <laughs> sounds like kind of like a lion. That was the Florida Gator. Oh, you know what? I should know that. But look, here we go. What it? Oh, can you read it? I don't want to read hat. it. it. Says Florida Gators. I don't want to read it. Those they suck. They do suck, but I'm still a fan. That's a shame. <laughs> Florida State LSU coming up September third kickoff game you're rooting for florida state right no okay let's move on florida man or random question and we know ahead of time that you did not prepare for florida man so you'll get to do a random question what Uh, yeah are you changing your mind i mean no 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 i did a thing (laughs) on florida man and what came up was florida man arrested for trespassing at virginia daycare so it was still florida man just not, just not in Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go with a random question. All right. So let's pull up a question here. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to do a random question. I'm going to change. No. I'm going to, on your podcast, you have been doing this thing where you have been asking your guests what their hype song is. Yep. That's my thing. Now, I have not listened to all your shows. I have not heard you say what your hype song is. Yeah, you got to go so, back to episode 25 for that. Yeah, I go in but, reverse. Yeah. My, so is that the question? What yes, is my what's song? your hype song? My hype song is Carrie Underwood's Champion. Oh. In fact, I had it playing on repeat this morning because I definitely needed to be hyped. Like okay. I just needed to get in the right mindset for getting my day started. Okay. Well, at least yeah. it wasn't to get ready for this show. <laughs> no, no, I was already hyped, hyped for that. But what was yours? So I'm going to give the answer that, oh, who was it that, uh, was it show 97 or 8, the guy who said he loves anything by Home Free? Okay. So Home Free, now I've got several. I'll just start by saying that. I... I don't have just one, but the song that has been in my head for like the last month is Happy Now by Home Free. Okay. It's a relatively new song. I can't play it because I don't want to get yanked off of YouTube, but maybe (laughs) we'll play it later. Uh, But Happy Now by Home Free. All right. All right. So you've answered the question. Now I will go ahead and read a Florida man story. So I'm going to ask you to pick a number one or two, because those are the stories that I have, and I'll read whichever number you provide. Number one. Number one? Yes. Well, the story you did not pick, suspected burglar breaks into Florida church, baptizes himself before stealing money and electronics. So the number one story, Florida man steals keys from stroller at Epcot, and Tate's vehicle. So a Florida man was arrested after he was accused of snatching a man's car keys from an unattended stroller at Epcot and then breaking into his car while at the theme park. Ahmed Sanina, age 24, is charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle with a mask, which is a second-degree felony, according to Orange County Circuit Court Records. And this may not have been an isolated incident. Earlier this year, there were thefts at Disney's Animal Kingdom and also again at Epcot that the sheriff's office is still investigating. So Sinina's arrest unfolded when authorities noticed something suspicious on video surveillance. He was seen taking a baby stroller parked in the France Pavilion, an area where the masses often ditch their strollers to go ride Remy's Ratatouille adventure. (laughs) And then some of the items that he took from the stroller include keys to a gray Kia Sportage. And then he was observed doing some other stuff and it gets boring after that. But that was it. Here's my question about that. Yes. How did he find the car? I mean, the parking lot is enormous. Well, let's see. 
He was observed on surveillance video walking through the Epcot Center parking lot where he located the Kia. <laughs> so I guess he was walking around, clicking the button. Okay, just uh, like we all do in the parking lot when we can't find our car. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> wow. So he uh, began to rummage through the vehicle. When he finished, he shut the engine and left the key on the driver's seat. Then he was observed walking back to steal the vehicle. I don't know. This is weird. But instead of going home, he went to Disney's Hollywood Studios and attempted to enter the park. That's where authorities caught him to arrest him. Wow. He's definitely not smart enough to be a criminal. So he's been ordered not to return to Disney World as part of the conditions of his pre-trial <laughs> That's the release. only thing. Don't come back here. <laughs> Uh, So there is your Florida man story. All right, folks, we are going to end off the official podcast here. So if you are listening by audio, I thank you for listening. Those of you that are still here with us live, we will continue on. Uh, Lori, thank you very much for hanging out. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. And folks, you'll be able to find all the information for Lori in the show notes, both in the podcatcher that you listen to or on the website. She filled out a guest intake form. And so all of her information is there, her zenrabbit.com website, uh, all that good stuff. So go check her out and especially check out her fine is a four letter word podcast. Thank you. Where there will be lots of cursing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is going to do it folks for this episode of the IT business podcast. We'll be back soon with another great episode. Uh, Be sure to check out if you are not staying abreast. We just released another episode yesterday, an audio episode, uh, number 552, where we talked about Navistack, how to visualize your vendor stack all in one place, held, uh, given to us by the channel program. So Kevin Lancaster and Matt Solomon were on the show, so go Check that out uh, at the website, itbusinesspodcast.com. We'll be back with more great content. Uh, We'll see you next week. Until then, holla.